This is In the Zone, your home for Salina Sports Talk. High school sports, Kansas Wesleyan and Bethany, KU, K-State, and Wichita State. Wait, is there anything these guys don't cover? You're in the zone. Is up. Welcome into In the Zone today here on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL 106.7 on the FM dial as well. Uh, I am very excited for today's show. It is action packed. Uh, coming up here in just a little bit, a great interview with Derek Young of K-State Online. Uh, We'll go over the transfer portal situation as it relates to K-State basketball, um, areas that they need to fill, athletes that they're looking at, guys who might be taking a visit to K-State, names you just need to know, all that stuff about K-State basketball, plus... We'll talk a little K-State spring football as well. Uh, K-State more than likely going to be losing three to four NFL draft picks, so that's going to leave some holes to be filled for the reigning Big 12 champions. He'll have plenty of insight on names to look out for in each of those spots. And, of course, the quarterback discussion as well. Will Howard will return to K-State this year off of the Big 12 championship. They also add Mays Native and... uh, I believe five-star recruit at quarterback Avery Johnson, highly touted high school talent from here in central Kansas. So we'll talk about the quarterback position as well. And uh, if you didn't know, Derek is an Ohio native, so we'll get his opinion on Skyline Chili as well. Fun little twist to a otherwise very informative sports K-State interview as well coming up here in just a little bit. We'll also bring James in. And do a comedy movie draft because today is 420. If you're an adult, more than likely you don't need me to explain to you what that means or what it's you know stands for. But our fun little twist on that is comedy movies, movies that may fit to today's activities, things that you might enjoy on an evening such as this, but we'll draft our favorite comedy movies of all time. It's a great discussion. We both end up with great lists and uh, just a good, fun discussion on some of the funniest movies of all time, so it'll certainly be a lot of fun. But uh, first, we got to take a break because we want to get right to the action. Derek Young of K-State Online coming up next here on In the Zone on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL. In the Zone here on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL. Jackson Schneider joined now by Derek Young of K-State Online. Going to talk some Wildcat athletics here with a guy that's got his fingerprint on the heartbeat of pretty much all things K-State. Derek, thanks so much for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Well, let's let's start with yesterday because the transfer portal uh, situation got a little different for K-State yesterday. Anthony Thomas entered his name into the transfer portal. So let's start there. What does that mean for K-State basketball in terms of what they need to fill and what they're looking for in the transfer portal right now? Yeah, that exit, or I guess you could say entry into the transfer portal probably doesn't change the dynamics too much for Kansas State. 
it gives them just another spot to fill that they probably needed in terms of, you know, wanting to reclaim that competitive basketball that they showcased this season. I'm not sure three spots were going to do it. They probably feel like they can get much closer or return right back to the caliber of play that they exhibited this year if they had four spots. So I think what it really did probably didn't shift the needs a whole lot, but it gave them, you know, an extra scholarship to play with in terms of trying to reclaim that, you know, potential, the really good basketball play that we saw this, this past season. I'm not sure three spots would have cut it. So four does give them um, just another avenue to attain that, I guess, threshold of, of quality competition that they hope to provide in the big 12, because everyone else in the big 12 is going to get better as well. So um, right now they probably can fill, fill it up with two guards, uh, a wing and a big and feel good about their chances heading into next season. So with that, I know there have been a few bigger names that K-State's kind of been tied to here lately, most specifically Max Acemus of Oral Roberts, guys like Aaron Estrada from Hofstra, and Tyler Perry from North Texas. So who would you say has most of K-State's attention right now for trying to fill some of those spots? Yeah, they're really big game hunting, right? All three of those guys, depending on the, the service that you want to take a gander at or our top 10 players, not just top 10 guards, top 10 players in the entire transfer portal that, that is available. So Kansas State is trying to really elevate their weight class, so to speak, on the recruiting trail. And I think it's, um, I think it is a weight class that they probably reached at this point because they're, they're competitive or were competitive for all three. Um, I'd like their chances the most probably with Perry. Um, and that's been an interesting recruitment that I that I've told people to, you know, to be careful of running to assumptions and to rush to conclusions on his recruitment, just because it was not a stereotypical one. The first two or three cuts that he made to his list as a transfer, this is Tyler Perry in North Texas, uh, Kansas State wasn't even included, and all of a sudden now they're in the Final Four with the decision coming on May second. So just not a not a recruitment that I knew that would follow, you know, typical norms, but I do think Kansas State is sitting in a pretty good spot. They're uh, contending with, I believe at this point, Texas Tech, Florida, and Ole Miss as part of the rest of that top four, but there were, there were some other big school programs that were also involved, like Alabama and Arkansas at one point, too. I still wouldn't count them out with Max Ace either. Um, I think he's currently visiting Texas or, or just wrapped up a visit to Texas, depending on uh, the timing and how everything is working in Austin. But, I, I man, they are neck and neck. I, I felt pretty good about Kansas State's chances going in to the visit to Texas, and I think that in his mind, and he would probably tell you that he was leaning that way, but it wasn't necessarily across the finish line yet. And, and I think he was intrigued by at least checking out Texas and Rodney Terry. So we'll see if it changed at all, if that visit to Austin and to the Longhorn campus moved the needle. And in terms of Aaron Estrada, I know you brought him up as well, the Hofstra transfer. That's that's probably one where it's not going to go in the direction of Kansas State. I feel that Alabama has probably done enough to this point where they will be receiving his commitment on April 29th. Well, those are a lot of big names, like you mentioned, kind of going big game hunting. I'm curious, though, Derek, what does this last year, the first full season under Jerome Tang, the the 
run to the Elite Eight, the success of players like Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel, all of that, what kind of weight does this past year kind of hold in the eyes of these potential recruits that K-State's trying to bring in, and how much has that helped their case with some of them as well? I think it has everything to do why Kansas State's competitive for three of the top ten transfers in the entire country. And I think it's threefold, right? I think it's – you touched on a few of them. One, I think it's just the success that they had, showing that Kansas State is capable of competing on the national landscape against the best teams in the country. You just, just look at it. This past year, Kansas State beat within the Big 12, Baylor, uh, multiple times. They beat Texas. They beat Kansas. Um, those are three you know, nationally recognized programs, but they also beat Michigan State. They also beat Kentucky uh, on some of the biggest stages at the Raising College Basketball. So I think nationally, I think they are a lot more recognized now just because of the, the immediate success that they were able to experience under new head coach Jerome Tank. And second, another factor that you brought up and mentioned is just the utilization of Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson in the way that they – became stars. Uh, they had superstardom. And so you you showed that, that as a guard, you can have this much success at Kansas State. As a scorer, this is how much success that you can have at Kansas State. And despite having the, you know, the stigma of being a, you know, a lesser school that has to do more, um, they defeated all those stereotypes. And those two guys became, uh, you know, one of the, probably one of two of the top five or, or top 10 most popular basketball players in the entire country this year. So they showed that those things can be done at Kansas State, and I don't know that recruits probably were tremendously bought into that notion, but Jerome Tang put it on display and allowed it to come to fruition. And third, just the way they marketed their product, right? And a lot of that goes to the, the social media team that Kansas State has working for the athletic department, but also like an assistant like Jareem Dowling, who really allows Kansas State to – um, get the message out there and show what they're about from a cultural standpoint inside and out. Well, we, we've we heard, at least on social media and everything, that Max Aismas was in Manhattan this past weekend. There were some flight delays and everything like that that kind of led into it. But I'm curious if you've heard anything about who might the next name be to come just get boots on the ground in Manhattan and really see what it's about and, and get to meet K-State and the staff, and if there's any potential recruits that are going to be heading to the Little Apple in the near future. It would not stun me. I don't know if anything has been solidified, but just the way that things are trending, it would not shock me that if the next got the transfer to get boots on the ground and to make landfall in, in Manhattan, Kansas is probably Tyler Perry, the North Texas car transfer. I know he's visiting Ole Miss this weekend. He's already been to Florida. I don't think Texas Tech is going to be a tremendous factor in his recruitment, despite his former head coach, Grant McCaslin, now being in Lubbock. I think he has a strong connection with Coach Dowling from Kansas State. And I, I just feel like that one is definitely trending towards K-State. And because of that, with his May 2nd um, upcoming decision, that's when he wants to announce this, uh, his pick, I, I would not be stunned. I would not be shocked. I'd be shocked if he didn't visit Kansas State. I'll put it that way. So I imagine the um, odds are high that he's the next prospect to make landfall. All right. Well, Derek Young is our guest. K-State Online is where you can find all his work. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk some spring football because there's a lot, and I mean a lot, of buzz surrounding K-State football right now for good reason, right? A Big 12 championship this last season. They're going to more than likely have three to four 
NFL draft picks here in about a week. So lots of things going K-State's way, but let, let's start with replacing players like Deuce Vaughn and Felix Enyedike Uzama and Julius Brents. Who's next in line for K-State? Let's, let's start with the defense because I know there's a few more holes to fill there. Yeah, to replace Felix, I think they're just doing the obvious and simple maneuver there, and and that's transferring Khalid Duke from the second level to the first level where he is just a more comfortable and dynamic, explosive football player. He'll he'll have his hand back in the dirt playing defensive end. Now, I think if you're talking about maybe the complete spectrum across the board um, in terms of every single department that's asked out of a defensive end, most people would tell you, or maybe every person would tell you, that Felix Ndike Uzama is a better football player. But just from a pass rushing angle, and I know Felix is really good in that um, category as well, Khalid Duke might be better. He's that good of a pass rusher. He's, the, he's that explosive. Um, obviously, he's still building out the frame, wants to continue to get bigger, continue to get stronger, even though he's already put on you know, about 40 pounds since he arrived at K-State. But I think from that standpoint, they can probably be improved in that capacity on the edge, especially when you got to think, you know, you'll get another year of experience and more season, both from Brendan Mott and Nate Matlack. So maybe a little bit better from a pass rushing standpoint, but obviously it's not going to be simple. And it's probably impossible just to, when you bring everything into the equation that Felix and DK Izama can be replaced. I'm not sure that's. Uh, realistic um is it realistic to replace julius brent well definitely not from a physical standpoint right i mean six foot three corners that basically run a four four don't grow on trees there's very few of them um there's probably not even five of them which is why julius brent is likely to be a corner that doesn't get past round two you know in in the draft here in about a week uh so that one's going to be tough to replace as well um they did just add junior college corner will lee who ironically does fit a very similar physical uh, physique that Julius Brent has. It's a guy that's six foot three, he's really long and he can really run. He just hasn't played big time college football yet. And, and he was a late arrival at spring ball. So we'll see how quick he can get acquainted. But just from the look standpoint, uh, how he is on the hoof, um, that's a guy that's basically a carbon copy of Julius Brent. We'll see if he can get everything else down the way that Brent's did the last couple of years. But, you know, if there's one corner that I think is kind of – that I would expect to separate themselves, even if they haven't already, it's probably an in-state kid, which is, you know, uh, all, obviously always a good story. They just had an in-state uh, kid at corner in Echo Boydo that's hoping to get uh, to get an NFL chance in this next season as well. But I, I like Jacob Parrish. Uh, he was a stud at Elite the North. He can really run. He's probably the fastest player on the team. Um, it would surprise me if he's not a starter first game of the season. Well, those are those big praise for in-state kids. The level of play within the state of Kansas here lately has really elevated. And one of the players that in high school I got to watch a lot was DJ Giddens, who has gotten a lot of praise here recently, kind of stepping into an elevated role at the running back spot. But K-State added another name into that running back room as well in the Florida State transfer, Treshawn Ward. So what's the word at running back right now for K-State? I think it's probably – it would not surprise me if we see them approach that like they did their first year in Manhattan when Chris Kleinman was initially hired. They went and got two transfers, and they really split up the roles between those two. 
And that was James Gilbert, who was a Ball State transfer, and Jordan Brown, who was a North Carolina transfer. I think, I don't know if it's going to be directly down the middle 50-50, but I expect D.J. Giddens to have a bigger role at running back this season. But uh, they did bring Nutrition Ward in for a reason as well. And he was, you know, despite maybe not getting as, as much as many touches as he wanted in Tallahassee, he still had some really good numbers considering the volume that he did receive. And you probably wanted a little bit more explosiveness in the backfield when you lose Deuce Vaughn because that element um, uh, is important. And not to say DJ Giddens doesn't have that explosive element, but he's obviously more suited in other areas to address. So Treshawn Ward and DJ Giddens, um, probably two guys that are not necessarily a lot alike, and that's probably a good thing. Um, Treshawn Ward is more of a guy that, that hasn't been used in the passing game a ton, but he still has, and he could probably bring that element in. He's a short area quickness guy. That's what Colin Klein described him at when we spoke to the offensive coordinator at Kansas State just a few weeks ago. And with DJ Giddens, you get a guy that really just wants to you know, playing his foot in the ground and get downhill. Um, he can really lean on defenses. He's he's a lot more physical. He really run through contact. So I just expect that to kind of be a by committee approach. But I really do think that they play off of each other very well, just because they are not a lot alike. So whatever Kansas State needs at a given moment, they probably have a running back that can fit that. Derek Young again is our guest. K State Online. Is where you can find all his work, but Derek, quarterback is obviously the the biggest area for basically any football team for focus because it's the most important position on the field. And K State's in a pretty good spot at that position right now. They get Will Howard back, who just helped lead K State to the Big Twelve Championship. They add a really highly touted high school recruit in Avery Johnson. So in com- combination with the other names in that quarterback room as well, what's the state of that spot on the field for K-State? Very healthy. It's uh, And I, I know a lot of people in the building will tell you this, and, and I would certainly agree. It's probably the most talented room that they've had top to bottom at the quarterback position in a number of years, certainly since I've covered the team. And that goes back to 2017. So we're working on season six for me and covering the team. They haven't had this kind of talent up and down the entire position um, in those six years. So it's a very healthy spot. Um, and it's probably a great thing that they don't have to rush Avery Johnson into it, right? I imagine it'll be tough to keep him off the field to an extent. Obviously, you have an all Big 12 caliber quarterback in Will Howard, so you're going to have him on the field 99% of the time, if not more. But you do have a weapon with Avery Johnson in terms of his legs that is pretty rare across college football in general. They don't get quarterbacks typically aren't as athletic as fast as he is. So I, it does make you wonder if they try to find a way to utilize that skill set in year one. Um, but it, it's probably, if, if it wasn't for Will Howard really stepping up last year, one, Kansas State probably doesn't win a Big 12 championship. But two, there's probably a lot of pressure on Avery Johnson to perform early and perhaps grab a starting spot in year one when he when he maybe is not ready for it. It's like ready or not, you got to do it. Not having to do that, uh, I think, allows him probably to mature and to develop at the rate that is the most healthiest for him. And with that, Kansas State still has a chance to compete for a Big 12 championship because they have an all-Big 12 caliber quarterback in Will Howard. But then the following year, assuming you know Howard were to exit, then you got a guy that's probably ready to, to take, you know, the bull by the horns, so to speak, and and probably keep, you know, at least 
give Kansas State an opportunity to keep the thing turning. Um, they have really built that room to a point where they can have su- sustained success for years to come. Um, when we haven't even mentioned four-star Jake Rubley, who's still in the room as well, um, in case he were to make a splash and, and to really, you know, bust onto the scene as well. But uh, it's I hope they can Kansas State has the capability to su- sustain a certain amount of success the next few years that I'm not sure that they've seen since the heyday of Snyder. Well, that's certainly going to have fans here listening, you know, their their mouths watering, because if last year was any indication of what may be to come, I think there's plenty of reason for excitement. But Derek, before I let you go, I'd like to send some guests off with what I call a three and out. Just three quick questions, kind of fun. So we'll, we'll wrap it up with this. The first thing I've got for you is... Who gets drafted first for K-State next week? Which player is it going to be that gets their name called first? I've gone back and forth on this, and it's really between two guys. And, and at times I, w- I was leaning towards Julius Brent, so at times leaning towards Felix Aniedi Zama. And going into the pro day, I think I was all in on Julius Brent um, because I thought, and eh, maybe there's an outside shot at, at our first-round pick. And it still might be him, but, man, the buzz – from that pro day performance, which was a really good one. And because at this point, I thought that the, maybe the buzz would calm a little bit on Felicini DK Izama and his stock would just drop a little bit because he's not like a super freak, but he's a really good football player, but it's gone the other way around. It feels like his stock has only grown in the final weeks before the draft. So my pick is Felix. Second question here of the new big 12 additions, which Big 12 city, are you excited to visit the most? It's a good question. I've already been to Cincinnati several times, so I would probably eliminate that. I'm not a huge fan of Orlando, and I've already been there, so I would probably eliminate that. Houston, again, not a, I, mean, I would say not, uh, none of them are super appealing to me, but the one that has that is probably presents the biggest novelty and, and will be scenic is Provo, Utah. Oh, definitely. That that football stadium with the mountain backdrop, I'm right there with you. That the, looks about as good as it can get right there. But you, you mentioned this, the being to, to Cincinnati a ton. That's because you're from Ohio originally. So I had to ask, what's the stance on Skyline Chili? Is it good? Is it bad? From the Ohio native, what's the opinion? I mean... It's a funny because of the debate because it's obviously a very obscure kind of food when you're mixing basically chili, spaghetti, and hot dogs. I can understand the weirdness of it, and I what I can provide from my perspective is it wasn't even that popular within Ohio. Maybe Cincinnati more so because obviously that's where it was founded. But um, no, I'm not going to pound the table for it. It's not like I pine for it whenever I return to Ohio. I'll take your word for it. I've I've been skeptical. I've never had it. Might have to wait on that one. But I appreciate the insight on all things K-State sports, not just Skyline Chili. But uh, Derek Young, thank you so much for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. You can check out his stuff again at K-State Online or on Twitter at Derek Young KSO. Uh, but uh, we'll take a quick time out here on In the Zone. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show and talk a little bit about comedy movies here on 420 of all days. That's next here on In the Zone on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL.
Zone is brought to you today by In My Home, the home health division of OCCK, your local provider for skilled nursing, home health aid, physical, speech, and occupational therapy, and it's all provided in the comfort of your home. Choose In My Home as your home health provider for quality health services. Big shout out to Derek Young of K-State Online, our guest from the last segment. If you missed anything, as always... Check out our Spotify page. It will be posted as soon as this show airs. So, again, if you missed anything, just search In The Zone on KSAL. It'll pop up for you. Anything you've missed from previously in the week is all up now as well. Uh, But uh, this is actually, James, our last show for the week. We've got high school baseball tomorrow. So we got to end the show today with some fun. And for those of you listening, you may or may not be aware, today is like a, a... pop culture holiday it's not like a real holiday but 420 for certain people out there is always a fun day Uh, and so I thought we'd take a fun angle on it because one of the ways you might enjoy this holiday is by watching some funny movies so what would you say to a draft of the best funny movies I'm here for it the real question is Jackson are you going to be sitting on your couch tonight with a big fat one watching one of these movies? <laughs> uh, I'll probably be watching something, but I won't probably be partaking in the other portion in the, of this uh, illegal activity yeah. still here in the state of Kansas. Considering the fact that I I have to work usually late at night on weeknights Oof. with the sports reports yeah, and things like good. that, that would be a bad move for me professionally. I think, I think very so. much so. I'd love to hear that though. So uh, <laughs> sign me up for a recording of that sometime. Yeah, well, maybe mm-hmm. probably <laughs> not. Probably not. I yeah. like my job. I'd like to keep. Yeah, it. I want you to keep it too. So let's tread lightly. Um, sweet shirt, by the way what are you wearing today it's just a muhammad ali t- it's like the where he's standing over yeah the guy he i couldn't even tell you the guy he knocked out but it's like that iconic picture that's a baller I I t-shirt like eight bucks at target one time i love it it's nice that's sweet they make it target a statement always has and it's black graphic it's teeth. sleek yeah. sleek yeah. black says i'm here i'm a you're, boss. Al- you're always commenting on my fashion you're the most stylish guy in the office not, stop it stop it <laughs> That's not nice. You're being mean. No, it's true. <laughs> I mean, you're second after me. But yes. still, that's a pretty good place that to be. That is undeniable. Uh, unless, of course, you know, we talk, we take Chad's sneakers into this consideration. Oh. He's a sneaker His head. sneaker game has been elevated. I don't know where <laughs> he even finds them. I, I have been trying to find low-top Jordans for like a decade. I swear they don't exist, and Chad has a new pair every other week. I don't know where he <laughs> yeah. finds them. I, I told so this last year I bought a pair of speci- like shoes, like Nike Lows, to wear that were purple and gold, like for Kansas Wesley and stuff specifically. Well, I told him that, and he's going to be basically. I've decided this off season he's going to help me acquire more than one nice pair of shoes because those shoes are now well worn out. Yeah, and for as nice as they are. At the, we're at the beginning. They are no longer nice. So uh, need need options. He's your so. guy, man. He'll get you some sweet <laughs> colorways. You'll have the pur- purple and gold Jordans. You'll have all kinds of wacky stuff. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's start off with this uh, f- comedy movie draft. The best funny movies of all time. I will give you the first selection. We'll do it snake draft style. So okay. first, first draft pick is yours. All right, well, I wrote down like 10 because I had a feeling you were going to steal a good chunk of mine. 
So number number one for me is a, a classic. 1994, which is the best movie release year of all time. Dumb and Dumber. Jim That's Carrey, Jeff Daniels. I've seen it 8 million times, and I still laugh just as hard every time I see it. And now with the, the meme and the Instagram reels and TikTok uh, game out there, there are just some epic, epic uh, clips of that movie that have been turned into TikToks and reels and all that stuff. My my number one. That's a good pick, by the way. I've, I I don't think I've seen it a million times, but the few times I have seen it, it is. It was one a of the first movies film. I ever saw in the theaters. Really? Yeah. PG thirteen. Huh. I was like 11, 12, Went with some friends. My mom let me go, which was, it was a big deal in the Wesleyan household that I got the green light to go to that movie. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it delivered. Well, I I have a few of this actor's um, movies on my little short list here, but the number one undisputed best one ever, in my opinion, is Anchorman and Will Ferrell and you know, oh gosh, what's what's his name? I'm now blanking. Steve Paul Rudd Carell. and yeah, Steve Carell and like there there's so many good. Just funny one-liner, stupid moments in that movie, and then to be like you and I working in like the journalism industry, it's perfect. It is. It just nails so many funny things on the head, and so I'm gonna take Anchorman with my number one pick. Okay, there you go. You stole one of my picks that was in my top <laughs> four, so I'm going to have to pivot. But number two on my list, another. It's, hey, don't jump the gun. We're snake drafting. Oh, we're snake drafting. Oh Come my gosh, on. you might take back to back of my I picks. I might, especially since I just, you just teased tried it with it being early two thousands. But uh, I don't think I'm actually going to snipe one of yours in this one because this one is a timeless classic, and it is actually also stapled in to a holiday. But Christmas Vacation. Is I don't care what time of year it is, that is one of the funniest movies of all time, and I will not back down from that. Uh, so I'm going to take Christmas Vacation, dude. That's hilarious. It it it's not in my top four, but it was in my next tier of pivots, and you literally took like the words out of my thought of what I might say if I had to pick it about it being a Christmas movie that is really year round entertainment. Excellent choice. Now is it my turn? Yes. Okay. Now it is. You uh, get two this time. Oh, oh, I get I get two. Okay. I feel good about my next two picks. Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson. There were multiple games I had this year where where when you're in a hotel, you don't have streaming options. It's just whatever's on. And Wedding Crashers was on late at night. <laughs> and I found myself up at, at like one at one or two o'clock in the morning because I could not turn it off. It is just so hilarious. And really, that was like the birth of Bradley Cooper. He had been in a couple of things and he doesn't do a ton of comedies. I mean, he did The Hangover, among others, that were hilarious, but most of his roles have been somewhat serious. And he was a minor role, but he exploded after that movie. Wedding Crashers for me is my pick. That's a good one. one and of, when they play uh, like football, football yeah, yeah. that's. Seriously, one football of the and crab cakes. Things. That's what one Maryland of the funniest does. Funniest things in movie history. Mm -hmm. Great stuff. Epic scene. All right. Well, I'm on the Bradley Cooper train because this is another movie that I knew you were going to pick. This I one. knew was it's hilarious, but it's like 
it's kind of seen a reemergence with TikTok and all these reels I'm seeing on Instagram, <laughs> and that is the hangover. Yep. I found myself going down like a half-hour rabbit hole just the other night of hangover bloopers. There's an Instagram account that all they are are bloopers from the funniest movies out there, and I was dying at some of the one-liners that didn't actually make the cut that should have, and they didn't make the cut because the whole, the whole crew was just busting up laughing. Uh, so I'm going with the hangover. That's that's a really good one. That was actually um, like when I started to make my list, I was thinking of like the funniest movies I've ever seen, and that was the first one I wrote down yeah. because it is a timeless classic. Then they ruined it by making like two more. Yeah, and I think they might even be making another one right now, okay. which is kind of sad, but it's still really good. Um, but the next one that I'm going to go with is so. How do I describe this? It's it was like an indie film at the time, okay. but it like took off and it like made John Heater's career. Nah. Napoleon Dynamite yep. is a classic for me. I actually um when I was first saw it, I was in like fifth or sixth grade. I made my mom buy me a vote for Pedro t shirt that I wore to school all throughout middle school. All the time because I loved that movie. I thought it was hilarious. And there's like all these just random, nerdy, funny moments. Like he tries to ramp the bicycle and racks himself. <laughs> it just makes you bust out laughing. And of course, like Uncle Rico and all these other things. But Napoleon Dynamite is definitely making my list. All right. So that's a phenomenal choice. And just to add a couple nuggets, because I read a I was just as obsessed as you were. It's in my my others category. I read a great article about that movie. Number one, it's one of the lowest budget films to ever yeah. be creative. It's one of the most profitable, maybe the most profitable comedy of all time because their budget was so low. Almost the entire movie was improv. The, the lines were very, very vague. These were just everybody, even Uncle Pedro being, or Uncle, uh, uh, not Pedro. Rico. Rico. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious. I can throw a football over that mountain. Yeah. Uh, that movie. So you're drinking 1%. <laughs> because you think you're fat? Yeah. Like, all that stuff's just them. And um, to your point, that movie started at like a, music, uh, a movie festival. Yeah. Like the Sundance Movie Festival or maybe, you know, something like that. I remember reading and people just thought it was hilarious and it exploded. It was only in the theaters for a very limited amount of time in limited yeah. cities and look at it now. That's good. It's it's a classic for me. And now this is the hard part because I have to take this list that I still Condense have it. Yep. four or five na uh, movie names on this list that are available for my last pick here. And so this is really difficult, um, but I have to go with Step Brothers. And so, sue me for putting, again, two Will Ferrell movies on my official list, but I could go on because I he has so many hilarious films. Um, but Step Brothers came out when I was in middle school, and I have a stepbrother that is the same age as me, and funny enough, we did not originally get along. <laughs> but this movie, I kid you not, Helped us to bond because of how funny it is. And I kid you not, we had bunk beds for a period of time. Oh, that's outstanding. I am not kidding. You can call my dad and ask. So funny. They did not collapse on us, so it's fine. But Step Brothers is forever one of the movies that I, I can literally recite the whole movie beginning to end by myself. Amazing film. Step Brothers is probably the most referenced movie that I use for gifts 
A lot of stepbrothers <laughs> gifts out there. So the real question is, did you guys have an a-hole older brother no. with chiseled abs that you could bond over the hatred of? We did not. We did not. We just grew to appreciate each other's... I guess we're we're very different. He's uh-huh. very different than me. He's not into sports all that much. He's really into like music and he plays cool. instruments. He's a really cool guy. We were just different. Are you guys close now? A little bit. I didn't he even, li- he I lives didn't, really far away. I didn't so even know hard. you had a brother. He, this is new. Just a stepbrother. This is new news. But yeah, he. I think he lives in Pennsylvania right now, so he's really far away, and I don't talk to him that often. But in when my dad and my now stepmom first got married, like it was not an easy transition for two like seventh eighth grade boys yeah yeah at the same it's time tough, it's tough age um but this i'm telling you this movie helped us to get along it was just because it was so relatable awesome. to us and so funny and it is a timeless classic that's awesome look at you now i love it all right man uh so i've got the last pick and i'm down stepbrothers was on my list i'm down to austin powers ace ventura in office space all well, good, all all good, good films. films. I've been really into the Office Space soundtrack lately. <laughs> like it's my gym playlist. Uh, <laughs> That's so many. Right. There's so many bangers on the, that playlist. The only song that I can like think of is when they're destroying the fax machine. Yeah. That's the only one. I don't that know if we can say that word on the radio. I'll say, dang, it feels good to be a gangster. Yeah. And that's my top jam. But then also, remember, he's like in traffic and he's listening to a rap song really loud. And the homeless guy comes over and he turns it down. That's a good song, too. <laughs> Scarface. Uh, I'm going to go with Ace Ventura, though. I remember the first time I saw that. It was early 90s. I think it was even before Dumb and Dumber. Uh, that was really the birth of Jim Carrey's career. And I just remember laughing hysterically. There's Again, there's so many memes and uh, GIFs and epic TikToks out there about that movie. I forgot how funny it was, but that's one thing. You know, I I bag on social media a lot. I think there's a lot of negativity that comes with it. Uh, but one of the major positives is like all these great movie TikToks and reels that <laughs> are just absolutely hilarious. Yes, so I'll go with uh, Ace Ventura. That's a, that's a good one. You talk. You want to talk about frequently used gifts and memes in football season? Oh, yeah. Touchdowns when he's got the two-two and yep. he's like doing the touchdown. Da- that yep. Classic. Yep. Absolute classic. Um, but I have a pretty lengthy list of movies that I did not get to pick. All so right. let's. Let, I want to talk some honorable mentions with you. Okay. Okay. Talladega Nights. Ah. Great movie. Good one. Another Will Ferrell film. Uh, baseball season is upon us. Bull Durham. I am a big fan of Bull Durham. Actually, I've never seen Kevin it. Kevin Costner. It is a classic, especially if you're a baseball guy. I didn't even know it was a comedy. Um. It's it's got some great moments like uh, it's like they're playing minor league baseball, so a lot of funny weird things happen. Okay, um, but if you just I'll, I'll send it to you later. But my favorite film, like one off scene from this, they have a a meeting on the mound. Like the the main character is a catcher, and he's supposed to like be training this young promising pitcher to get to the major leagues and like take him under his wing. Well, he goes out to talk to the pitcher to get him to focus and then two or three of the infielders come in and they've all got these issues like one guy is stressed out because his girlfriend put a hex on his glove and he's cursed and the other one's stressed out because one of their teammates is getting married and he doesn't know what to get him for an engagement gift or whatever and so they're taking forever on the mound and the manager looks at his assistant and he's like go like get them to hurry up like figure out what's going on and they tell (laughs) the guy comes up 
and asks, like, what the heck's going on, guys? And they basically just spiel what everyone is dealing with. And then the guy's just like, well, you know, candlesticks always make a good gift. Maybe we can find out where they're <laughs> registered. But uh, come on, let's go get two outs. Let's go. And then he just hustles back to the dugout and the scene's over. But it's a classic. I so Bull Durham is great for that. And then also on this day of days, Harold and Kumar's journey to White Castle. I didn't find is it good, funny. Good I thought for it was a good dumb. Few laughs. It's it w- because it was designed for this specific day, these sure. specific activities. Okay. All right, You're but it element. is so funny to me. So funny. Although White Castle, very mid fast food place. Very Not, much that so. Not that great. Not that great. And then the last one I have is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Never seen it. You've ne- These oh are some gosh. sleeper picks, Jackson. Dude, I have so well, comedy I, movies. That is my genre. These, I love it. These are sleeper picks. I haven't but seen these on any lists. Shout out to our neighbor here in the building, Spicoli's, the sandwich place right down the street. Uh, Spicoli is one of the characters in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, who's a stoner. What? And so all their sandwiches are named after funny, Wait, you know, stoner. When did we get a sandwich shop down here? A few months ago. Had you, no you, idea. I've been living you, under I know a rock. you eat very clean. I love so sandwiches. Eat out that much. I love we'll, sandwiches. We need to go. It's really good. I really ate out today. Stuff. I no went to free, the prickly pear. No free ads, but Spicoli's. They're I great. I didn't great know place. they existed. Maybe you yep. should get them on the radio. I think we might. We might have to. That sounds delightful. <laughs> I love sandwiches. Yes. I'm a huge sandwich guy. These gourmet sandwiches? They're, they're like hot. Sandwich. So, like, cook, like, if you like a hot, like a Philly cheesesteak oh, or yeah. a cooked Italian, like, they've got options. I'm telling you. Dude, I'm it's here great. for that. But uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that off air because now, we got to wrap up the show. Real quick. Do you have any final notes? I do. Is Wolf of Wall Street considered a comedy? Yes. I would very much consider okay. it a comedy. Okay. Then that one's going to yes. be on my list. That's that's my fifth pick. <laughs> that's all right. That's a good one. That's that all, those are my parting words. My, my mom hates that I love that movie because she's a financial advisor. Yeah, and she thinks it gives her a bad rap. It does. And it's, it's very vulgar. I get yeah, it. Yeah. But it's amazing. It's yeah. a great film. But James, good work on this. Good. I thought it was a good, fun draft to end the week. I love this idea. Yeah. Well, we'll we're into, what, Mount Rushmore season basically 1, now, especially because percent. the Royals stink. So it's, we need an excuse to have some fun. I would much rather talk about my favorite comedy <laughs> movies than the Royals. Any day of the week, I'm in. And sandwiches. Yes, Sign me up. sandwiches always. Food is always a topic of conversation on this show. But that's going to pretty much wrap up our show for today. Again, big shout out to Derek Young of K-State Online for coming and talking K-State hoops and, and K-State spring football. If you missed anything on the show today, uh, check us out on Spotify. Search In The Zone on KSAL. Give it a listen and, and certainly uh, tune in to the rest of our shows coming next week. This was, again, our last show of the week. We'll have high school baseball, Salina Central on air tomorrow they will be taking on goddard eisenhower but in the meantime he's james wessling i'm jackson schneider and this has been in the zone